0: Welcome to Curious with Josh Peck. Start the show. Welcome back to the Curious Podcast. My name is Josh Peck and I'm your host and your name is Listener and that's what you do. You listen. What a life. What a week. Did You enjoy your long patriotic weekend. Uh, If you're an American and listening to this, you celebrated our national holiday July 4th, the day in which America... Did, what is it? It's a it's a Declaration of Independence. No, is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a rat. July Fourth is the day it was ratified, or is it? I think it was like a few days later. Actually, is that when it was signed? Declaration of Independence with John Hancock, bunch of other dudes, huge signatures, large feather, parchment. D- probably ran out of ink a few times. You know, you think about those big feathers that people used to write with. How often did they have to re-dip it for ink, right? Was it... I don't... I, I highly doubt that that ink lasted longer than a word. You think like back in like the olden time in the late 1700s, you're like writing and someone, you know, is, you know, gives gives their name and they're like my name is john smith and you're like cool i can get that through and then someone is like my name is leonardo wilfenstein and you're like fuck i'm gonna need like three dips to get through this name jesus man have a shorter name i'm writing with a feather oh my god this ink does not go a long way could you imagine? Could you imagine if you showed like John Hancock a fucking ballpoint pen? Would his brain explode? Forget an iPhone and like all these things. I mean that that's a given, but like just something as simple as like a ball point, like a sharpie. Would 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 Benjamin Franklin have been like, oh fuck electricity, this is this is what's up. This is what? How how? How? But, you know, 4th of July. Listen, I I love this country. I'm proud to be a citizen of it. I, you know, I take issue with many of the things that, you know, other people take issue with. But overall, very proud and happy to be a citizen of the good old U.S. of A. But, I mean, we really turned these holidays into just a fucking alcoholism fest and i just you know whenever well, i'm not sure when 4th of july became you know about daisy dukes and cheap beer man that that's like the old the oldest old guy statement i've ever made but i'm not totally wrong it's just like there's so much douchebaggery that this kind of holiday brings out in people that it almost makes me hate it and i am so um, i'm so freaking american <laughs> i'm really not i mean you know i, I appreciate i appreciate the opportunities that were afforded to me by being born in a country with opportunity i don't know who i'm trying to impress sorry a car just drove by i'm rec- i'm recording this in my car you know i record a lot of things for the podcast in my car now because i got a busy household with a child who constantly makes noise and is just terribly insensitive you know, he doesn't care that this is an audio experience that you've grown the listener. You know, uh, used to hearing with perfect treble and bass. He doesn't care. It's all about his needs. But yeah, not to divert from the whole Fourth of July ness of it. But you know, and I, I don't mean to be a square. I mean, as you know, if you're a listener, I'm a sober guy, and thus I don't part you know I don't partake in the in 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 the devil juice in. Uh, you know, the wild water, but I actually don't mind when people have a nice time. I, I kind of like when people have a couple sips and get a little kooky and fun and loose, but I don't know, things like the 4th of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, all, basically all bank holidays that are sort of in appreciation of like military service members and sort of the the value system of this country brings out the alcoholic in us all and that part i don't love <laughs> but you know i don't know have your time enjoy your life um what else what else is going on you know i, I i'm i'm starting to suspect that everyone's mildly unhappy Good night, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Drive safe. We're all going to die soon, and, and we're all, life is meaningless. Take care. Tip your waitress. No, I just, I, you know, I walked around throughout most of my life feeling so very different from everyone else, and, uh, and I felt reasonably articulate, and some might even say eloquent. I don't know. You know, I don't mean to be capricious. I don't know if that's the right word, um, but you know, I felt reasonably equipped with with the proper wordage in which to describe how I fe- felt, and yet I I couldn't. You know, I just I felt like uh, majorly melancholy, if not a slightly depressed, with deep feelings of questioning life and the way in which the world works, the people in it, why I think the way I do. And um, kind of my place in the world. And so I walked around with this head of mine for a long time. And and I just suspected that because I couldn't quite articulate the way I was feeling, that I must be the only person who feels this way. And, you know, through like some self-reflection, just growing up, meeting more people, um, doing the whole 12-step thing, I've, I've come to realize that I'm actually not quite... You know, I'm not such a minority that there's actually plenty of people who suffer from this. And yet I still felt like there was like this other, you know, contingent of people that are that are just they they're just happy. They just wake up and they're just stoked all day. But I'm, I'm beginning to think that's not true. I'm beginning to think that everyone is just a, slightly bummed and that, you know, the people that are less bummed are just like good at ignoring it. And they can get really excited for uh, about their kids winning at Little League and about a promotion at work or a piece of apple pie or a fucking six-pack of brewskis on a bank holiday. And if that's the case, uh, God bless you. But, you know, it's uh, it's good to know that we're not, you know, I don't know, if you listen to this podcast and you feel as though uh, you identify with any of the things I'm talking about and get any solace from knowing you're not alone in it, well then, that makes me happy. And look at that! In one short rant, I've already improved my mood. That'll last for at least 15-20 minutes after this rant is done, Till the cold, hard world starts creeping in. Can't wait for that. Um, today's show, Dove Charney, a really interesting, polarizing figure with a with a crazy history, was basically the chairman and CEO, creator of, of the company American Apparel, which was a billion dollar, close to company um, that originated over the last 15 years. And uh, had a meteoric rise to success only to now be completely defunct and bankrupt and uh, for basically Dove was ousted as the head of the company and uh, you know he's a divisive figure um, he's been lauded for his brilliance and the way in which he helped build that company and and then he he's also been uh, criticized for the way in which he ran it and for other um, exploits that you can research. So, you know, he's been pretty widely interviewed in the past and I felt a need in which to try to ask him things that I hadn't heard him ask before. Um, and I also knew people, two people who had worked very closely at his company that I've actually interviewed in the past, uh, Friend of mine named Ryan Holiday and and Robert Green, uh, both of whom I uh, respect and 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 really love and and so uh, I was interested to sort of get this other side of uh, the experience from from the dude, from the man, from Dove. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this. It's a bit of a mess. Dove is an interesting guy, but I I, I appreciate that he sat down with me. You know, the only caveat or. You know, qualification that I'll give this is that this is his side of the story, um, and just know that that this is his side of the story. This is his perception of it. This is how it went down for him. Um, and if you brush up against anything or you question anything, I would um, urge you to look it up, find some other sources, and get. To the facts. Um, because, you know, in the moment it was just him and I talking and I'm not, you know, I can't just sort of, I'm not a fact checker. I'm just a podcaster listening to a person who wants to, uh, to talk some shit. So anyway, what an intro that was. Am I right? Are you excited? What's going to, what's about to happen here? Anyway, uh, enjoy Dove Charny. do you want to describe the scene like where we are for the listeners
1: we're in my office yeah in South Central Los Angeles on 59th Street and Central Um, this is my place of work we have 400 employees here this is the Los Angeles Apparel Factory we're in my room right now well which is also known as my office I live here I live here 365 days a year except if I travel or whatever And uh, I love what I do, and I'm rebuilding uh, my apparel manufacturing empire. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: you've got a twin bed here, which I I can see. How's that for the old back?
1: It's good. That's fine. Yeah, I know. I get a very good rest here. I don't have to worry about commuting. I'm very focused on what I'm doing. And it's a, a pleasure for me because to kind of be traveling or in the car or not being here. I can, I'm i able to do more, get more done. Because to me, too, true freedom is just getting my business coordinated and growing exponentially the way I want it to go. You don't seem like a beach guy. I mean by that you don't seem like a vacation guy. Like you
0: sort of seem married to the process. Married
1: is... to my process. I'm not a vacation guy. I like to travel, but I'll make it part of my process. Right. I Everything I do, I lace into... My work culture, but my work culture is very broad and vast. I, there's photography involved, garment design, color studies, uh, cultural—you know how to influence people, whether you know in a positive way, either employees or customers, or how to connect to people, how to motivate. So it's psychological. It's too—you know—it's it, it's visual arts. It's um. There's so much to it it's so broad that it's almost a, even even listening to the news is important or <clears throat> understanding uh, certain themes in popular culture whether it be the Game of Thrones or whatever just to understand like what people are watching or what's stimulating them in you know within the cultural landscape there you know of course there's different things to study but I have to study what's relevant to what I do and to what my market or listening to music for example. What are the, who are the relevant artists or it goes on and on. It's, it's, there are going to be 70 hours in the day and, and I can enjoy the process, you know?
0: How much is, are you trying to guess trends and projectors
1: is It all what you know, like? I'm not guessing trends. Right. I kind of get an idea where things are going. Cause I know mm. I, am inside. Like I know the trend of what's going on in, within the context of my marketplace. And also I lead the trend. And how do you know that? It's not just
0: intrinsically like
1: I mean, how do aboard? I know what's happening? how do you know where it's going? I mean, because I surround myself in it, I I'm immerse myself in it. And it, but there's different there's different channels on the FM dial. But, you know, the for the music or in this case it's the, the music, but it's a metaphor for the clothing taste that I like. I'm like inside it and I know it.
0: Do you, I remember I I listened to you on the startup podcast and there's a piece of it where you stop a bicyclist on the street and you're like, who made that sweatshirt? And I'm obsessed with the cut and the look of that thing. Mm. So how much of that is just your living experience? You absorbing in these influences from the outside? Is it course, A lot of that.
1: Yeah. It's all day long. Sure.
0: And was that sort of part of the culture at american and now where you would surround yourself with people that are setting the trends like the 20 something
1: it's not really about age yeah you could but, you know people get a little lazier as they get older but they don't have to like carl lagerfeld is there's certain people as they get older they just know right you know it's like certain guys they get older or women or whatever they're in the news industry you know they go into the battlefield yeah there's a lot of younger people that do that but there's some older guys that do it too Right. You know, I mean, just the way it goes. You know, but how much of it, it's all observation. It's But also, I have the ability to lead a trend as well, because I have an influence on the culture.
0: Are you an autodidact in the sense of, from what I know of you, and, and, and I've, I've done some good research, it seems like
1: most of this is self-taught. It is. I mean, I don't what did i learn from school for example or, that's or not self taught any or, traditional schooling for yeah, fashion math it's important you know you can't run a business without math algebra those are things like you know yeah. um exp- you know writing copy or knocking out a short essay or a paragraph or communicating with letters and words that i think is school's important knowing a little bit about history you know art history or you know the history of the world or how things evolved or Mm. how you know learning about manifest destiny in american culture or world culture these are important themes that i got out of school but as far as knowing how to run an apparel company and knowing how to um, you know be an influence within the context of the fashion industry that's kind of self-taught
0: and did you have any apostles in that way, like people that sort of somewhat showed you the way early on, or how did there you pick some, it up?
1: There were some guys uh, in the South. I lived in South Carolina for 10 years. That Guys that were in the manufacturing industry that showed me, you know, this is how you knit fabric. This is where you buy the yarn. This is how you, you know, you dye the fabric. This is how you cut the fabric. This is how you make a marker. This is how you... How pattern design is done. This is how you cut. This is how you sew. Yeah, there were some people that showed me the way, but, you know. Yeah. kind of. You got to, you know, a lot of young adults come and say, hey, how do you do it? You know, you're asking how you do it? You're too late? Out of the way. Really? Because you're not going to, you know, you don't go to Kanye West and say, how do you do it? He knows how to do it. No one told him how to do it. He said, this is how you do it. And Mm -hmm. certain people lead. And that's it. You know,
0: and but is that again like, is that just born out of it's a natural sort
1: of ability? Like, yeah, there's certain people in every generation that have the ability to lead the culture. Not just because they have that ability doesn't mean it manifests itself, they could be locked in prison or they might be born in the wrong city, or you know what I'm saying, or they were born in unfortunate circumstances, or you know. But certain people in our culture, in, in, in every generation, and in, basically in, in the human, even in birds, you see certain birds leave the flock. That's the way it goes.
0: Can you track to your childhood or as a teen, you having a certain sort of um, a, a take on clothing or design that, where you can see that it was born out of something when you were really young that yes. flourished?
1: Yeah, I went when I was, you know, uh, in my early teens, I would go to the United States from Montreal to to, to Florida, Christmas time, whatever, and I'd really buy certain clothes, certain t-shirts, certain underwear, socks, whatever in the United States. They were a little different than Canada, and I really took an appreciation to certain of the iconic products that were available in the United States that weren't available in Canada. They were just different, you know. Grass is always greener on the other side and it was, you know, t-shirts and, you know, cotton t-shirts underwear, and socks it was really iconic American, you know, American, un- unique to the American uh, shopping experience. So there was a lot of protectionism between, you know, the different markets, Canada, Germany, United States, everybody had their own t-shirt industry and it was, each one was heavily protected with duties and taxes.
0: And what did it, what did Canadian t-shirts look like?
1: they were a little different the fits were different the the the, the textures were different The co- you know it was poly cotton a little bit more in canada the states was more and had more cotton there's a wider range of sizes in the united states because it's such a big market so i was a smaller boy so i was able to get extra small right an extra small t-shirt which i felt better about wearing than you know medium through extra large that's you know it'd even be hard to find small sometimes in the canadian market at that time but i i was so small there's right. little nuances that were different at the time. And, this was prior to offshoring and
0: right. And yeah. did you? So when you find these things, like was there a was there a lust to want to come to America and sort of do your thing here? Like,
1: well, I was grew up in the Canadian market uh, in the, you know in Quebec and I was in the anglophone you know English speaking community and there was a nationalist movement where there was push for the French language um to kind of dominate and con- you know confront the larger English market you know so there were movement to make all the signs in French there was like a lot of weird things right. that were going on Still- i don't like nationalism in the united states i don't like nationalism in quebec i don't like nationalism anywhere i don't like borders um so that's all. So going I on. so I felt like yeah, I want to get out of Quebec and join the larger market, in the United States. And the, you know, when you listen to famous speeches by Ronald Reagan, the idea of Yukon to Yucatan, the larger market, you know, tear down Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. It's it was about if you come out, you know, coming out of the Cold War in the mid seventies, which was, you know, I was six years old, or in the late early eighties, I was twelve thirteen years old. The idea of you know. Capitalism and entrepreneurialism is the way. Yeah, attractive. to attractive. You know, that's the light. That's this. That's that's the spiritual solution. Yeah, the true the, north. The, yeah, to the true north. So that was exciting. Um, and the United States presented that. Mm. America today is a lot less attractive. To me, it's like uh, insulated. It's protectionist. It's rejected globalism. Like, I I listened to a speech by Ronald Reagan, the reason I mention it, because I just listened to it the other day, because an employee has no connection to what Ronald Reagan means. It's not like I was a big Reagan supporter. I think Reagan was very backward in terms of his views on pro-choice and stuff like that. But what he was, was a globalist. Mm. And he wanted to bring the world together, you know, on issues of free trade. They believed in free trade. Unlike Donald Trump, who's like a nationalist. He's proud of that. Like, to me, like, you're proud of something you shouldn't be proud of. So it's kind of uh, the notion now is a little bit restricted. So I'm less proud of America today than I was as a young adult. And
0: yet you're still sort of building your new company here.
1: Well, whatever. I live here. This is my home. My roots are here. I'm not going anywhere. And I believe in cities and communities. Right. And this is my community, I'm Los Angeles, you know, I'm um, Los Angeles is my home, Montreal is where I began, and Los Angeles is where I'm ending, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know?
0: Is it weird? I those mean, those two
1: communities had a profound effect on me, much more than the United States or Canada.
0: I mean, Trump is weirdly positive in the sense of if you're going to have a business like yours, which is sort of homogenized within the U.S. and not looking to, you know, face tariffs from outsourcing throughout the world, right? I so, mean...
1: What is he presenting?
0: I'm America? saying, in, in a sense, like you're, be, you know, weirdly, and I, I, totally agree with you with sort of Trump's America. But he, in some ways, he's incentivizing doing it here. And I don't think
1: he is. No, I think it's a front. I don't think he understands the complexities of manufacturing. Mm. I think is a marketer first, and he doesn't think through the engineering. Um, so far, Trump has done nothing to support American clothing manufacturing that i can see and it's not that he doesn't want to i don't like he hasn't invited me or the right people that really understand it for example we were facing a 35 percent tariff on t-shirts into europe right now 37 percent, and it was 12 before he got in office so how is that helping as we can't export clothing to europe that's like one of the best markets in the world right and we're stuck okay got screwed out of that that's so far what trump's given the apparel industry so what do you do? You know, I mean, just being, do you just I'm just it? being candid, you Please. know, if he's listening, that didn't help out. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I say? And then there's no, and if you go into China, there's all kinds of financing programs for automation, for apparel manufacturing automation. Because the Chinese know manual labor is over. And we don't have any financing like that. So they subsidize the apparel industry in China. There's no subsidies here. Not that I, I'm looking for a subsidy per se. But there's no there's no um, commitment to developing this industry, the clothing industry in the United States by the government. There's talk of Made in USA. But it's not like, okay, well, are you, are you going to facilitate? So far, all things being equal, it's been the Trump administration has been negative to the Made in USA apparel industry due to the tariffs that we're faced with to export. Now, it is, I support free trade, Worldwide free trade, yeah, there's a problem. We can't get our clothes into Brazil. We can't get our clothes into China. Very difficult. There's Why? a lot of it's a lot of false like these like barriers in, to exporting t-shirts into China. It's like a, it's a big runaround. Hmm. Okay, but of course they can bring their stuff over here. He's got some of the themes right, but he doesn't have the execution. He's not like the, okay then immigrants. Immigrants are good workers, they're motivated workers. You know, my workers are all, you know, we make, we diligently make sure that they have the correct work documentation. Many, you know, 30, 40% of them are U S citizens. You know, all of them have green cards. Of course, I'm sure there's an exception here and there, but it's like, we have a legit full shop. Yeah. Okay. Now, how is it helping America that we don't have motivated immigrants to run, not just work in the factory, run the factory, Like my top guy here, Diego is a DACA, you know, DACA recipient, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like on, but he's running the factory. He's like here now, he's doing it. He's making it happen.
0: What do you feel about, because your history has always been so people centric and you've always, you know, paid an above fair wage and, and it it seems to have been this important through line through everything you've done. What do you think
1: about automation coming? Automation is critical. To support jobs. I support automation and I'm a conservationist in terms of spent, you know, conservation means you buy the at the right price, you recycle, you make all your manufacturing, to, you know, it has to be um, efficient. Mm-hmm. And it means cutting corners at every, at every end to make sure that you, you know, automate at every level you possibly can. And that allows to sustain the business financially and if it sustain an efficient business and, and allows you to pay fair wages rather than relentlessly pursue, pursuing cheap wages on the other side of a fence.
0: But what about inevitably when it comes to a point where jobs are just purely – That never happens. Why?
1: Because, um, because Adam Smith said so and he's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Adam Smith, the invisible hand, doesn't allow that to happen. Because, you know, if people lose a job in one place, they'll go work. So that labor will gravitate to, towards something more efficient.
0: And what if you look out at, at the floor of the factory in 20 years and and? Uh, I mean, in 20 years, I, I can robots. have
1: 10,000 employees. It won't be all robots. But what if it's half? It won't happen like that. No, Like if we were to just bring back 5% of the apparel industry um, back to the United States, You'd have negative unemployment. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, there's, even if you automate to the guild, right. To the end of, you know, it's, there's too much opportunity. And automation is important. Every industry is going to automate. So what? There'll be jobs building all these automation devices. And to the extent, if you can remove physical labor out of anything you're doing, you're doing uh, a good deed.
0: Do you, so what? what inspired you early on to sort of make your your stand on paying more than a fair wage and bringing the work back to LA because that's sort of been a through line for you in your entire career where where was that born out of
1: to pay fair wages no i mean sorry my my mind wandered for a second sorry to <laughs> say <it> again,
0: please <laughs> not at all i mean you pay above fair wage and it was it, it of incredible importance for you to make in LA and for you to, you know, make sure that you were paying your workers. Well, where does
1: that, where does that come from? Yeah. Where was it born out Well, I mean.
0: Instead of just like sheer humanity. I think think some
1: of my family members, particularly my grandparents were Yiddish immigrants from Europe. They were socialists. They worked, you know, my grandmother was a sample maker my grandfather eventually had his own paint company where they'd paint, painting and decorating. But initially, he was a paint worker. Mm. They supported the you know, the NDP party in Canada, which is like a labor party. You know, there was a commitment to the betterment of the underprivileged in their cultural context. And I took that with me a little bit. And also in my mother's family, my mother particularly, there's always been concern right. for the rights of workers and people and, you know, to advance. the. It's kind of potentially... It starts from the influence of having wor- a working class uh, values within a family context. But also it emerges that it, as I became, you know, I'm, of course, my father went to Harvard. I come from, i, f- I come from privilege without question, right? Um, his brothers went to Yale. We lived in some, one of the finest communities in North America and Westmount, Quebec. Forget it. It's beautiful. Yeah. We have everything to thank for, but. Then comes noblesse obligée, you know. Which What's that? Noblesse oblige is something that John F. Kennedy would speak to, you know, that the the privileged have an obligation to to the un, to the less privileged to improve their lives, and that comes with the that that the nobles are obliged to do so, and that's that's for sure. That's what Donald Trump, I think, also forgets, is that as a man of privilege, you know. It's really like the manner in which a country treats its immigrants is hmm. it's judged by that.
0: Do you think there's just a, a n- there's a level of sociopathy to him? I wonder sometimes when people say, "If only he did this or that," and I laugh only because I don't think he's even capable of seeing it from that angle. I, I don't think he's what
1: what what where where this guy's got a lot to offer the world is that he's he's a disruptor, he upsets the apple carts, and by challenging the system, good thing. You know, false opinions, John Stuart Mill once said, false opinions ultimately strengthen the truth. That the, he, he's got a right to exist and that he does exist only strengthens alternate opinions that are important as well. Hmm. Um, and he's, you know, really embodies the can-do spirit. And I do think he's confronting the political, Politically correct, correct left, the institutional left. I don't like the institutional right. I don't like. I don't like the financialization of America by hedge funds and you know short-term gain in order to advance stock price. Okay, I I, I don't like that. But I also don't like the institu- institutionalization of the workplace by the left. I right. think there's two there's two forces that are kind of at work to curb um creativity innovation and entrepreneur the entrepreneurial spirit uh of, within the context of the American culture, and that you know that come from those two forces one comes from the right and one comes from the left and they're both um negative
0: did that pose a i mean has that that uh, as you say the institutional left like that level of political correctness has that posed a challenge for you forever? In in all your business,
1: no, 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 because I think there's a backlash on that right now. I think it's caused a lot of problems. I think it's ne- it's a very negative aspect of well. Right now, I see that problem to be beyond the borders of the United States. I think it's in all English speaking cultures. We have this problem, which is the politically correct left as like stultified free speech within the context of the campuses or you can't say a certain... You can't even think freely. Right. You you can't even like utter something that may be perceived, you know, that's politically incorrect. You know, if you have a free society and free people, you have free to make mistakes. Free people have to have the freedom to make mistakes. Right. And you can't do that you know, if you make the wrong joke or you make the wrong reference or you maybe trespass in a certain uh, subject matter within you know into a certain subject matter in your speech and then all of a sudden you're getting your hands cut off there's also all the workplace rules like it's terrific that they're ra- raising the minimum wages right that's good but on the other hand how does anybody start up a new business how does a little guy start you know i am saying like is 15 dollars an hour and then what does it do to the people that really just want to like have a relax you know Probably these higher wages are going to require that we really clock and push the employee to produce because we got 30, fifteen dollars an hour is thirty grand plus taxes and insurance is forty thousand dollars a year It means we for every head we got to make Like just to break even the company's got to make a company has to make forty grand So it, it ends up instant, you know, you got to clock people make sure they punch out punch in Follow all the workplace rules that does although I support these rules Sure. On the other side, it's it's everything's happening so fast, and there's no thoughtfulness. Say, well, if it's a tiny small business, do they need to do all these things? You <laughs> but,
0: know? but thematically, like from and tell me if I'm wrong. From what I know and and knowing so much about American and now what you're talking about now, it seems like that is something you've you've rallied against, saying like, for what I do and my work, I can't have my my hands tied in these ways like having that balance of being that like driving force ambitious like my gut what i believe is what made this a success and yet you're forcing me to question these things at every turn i i guess to my point it just seems like what you're saying now thematically has been something you've struggled against forever it's like you think about elon musk or these people these great innovators who build these things and then they're forced into sort of um a manager of people sort of scenario. And so like Elon has come under fire because of some like um, missteps that he's made.
1: Like that he can't throw a chair across the room?
0: Is that, was that one of them?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Did he, well, did did he throw Well, they all do.
1: You're not supposed to yell at people. But this is what I'm talking about. I don't believe in that crap. I think so it's tell important me. to sometimes pick up a chair and throw it way across the cafeteria and smash Did he it do that? It. No, but I mean, if someone were to do that, I think that kind of... Or animate... smoke
0: weed on Joe Rogan or, you know, like...
1: I think that kind of animated behavior mm. is good. Yeah. It's important. I mean, if some people want to quit because they don't like it, that's great. But are the great, I mean, are like,
0: I, I don't know if Bezos is a good example, but like, what is that extra level of CEO? Are the great titans of industry able to navigate both, be incredible innovators while also being these perfect sort of models? They can't be
1: perfect in those models. That's a fantasy. Okay. Yeah, of course you could be a, if that because then you only the restrained and carefully calculated right then can proceed. So if Einstein is restrained and carefully calculated, he gets to go past Go right. But then if Einstein is crazy. Has an extreme personality and marries his cousin, his first cousin. Well, he doesn't get to pass, go past, go.
0: So what do you do? What do you do?
1: I mean, he he... freedom's important and liberty is important, and that's not being protected in this society right now. So how do you operate? That's the biggest threat. There's going to have to be a back. There has to be a revolution to What's support that look the like? first amendment that what that look, look look that looks like yeah when millennials and gen z figured out that big brother took over their freedom mm. in order in the in the name of safety in the name of everybody being happy right but what did we lose we lost innovation we lost the right to be different we lost the right to scream "fuck you in the middle of times square and take your t-shirt off and take your pants off and stand there in your underwear and put your finger out that's an important liberty mm. like can we walk around in times square today in your underwear high smoking pot barefoot
0: you can right
1: i don't know man i don't know either. i wouldn't want to have my daughter try hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's risky yeah because they just and the judges well they're a bunch of conformists too what happened to ju- – where are the judges? They're saying First Amendment's first. Mm. Yeah. He walked – like when, when they had – they were like famous court cases. Like when a guy walked in with a T-shirt that said, fuck the draft. You know, will the judges of today support that kind of liberty and freedom? Yeah. Some things are offensive. Like you take – like do I support the right of the Nazi party? to walk down um, down you know a major Charlotte artery of Don no right here in downtown Los Angeles and have some kind of Nazi manifestation yes their Liberty is critically important to me as and I as a Jewish person who has ha, has had ancestors fall under the sword of the Holocaust okay and 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 die you know from in, in the in Nazi Germany like dozens of relatives. Still, I support the rights. You know, I don't believe in protections against hate speech and all that stuff. I'm very, very strict on the First Amendment or things like the exclusionary rule on evidence. The evidence was gathered inappropriately Hmm. to the point that the search warrant was defective. It has to be excluded. Those are very important. Those are American ideas that were developed Earlier in the arc of our culture, problem is right now the right sucks and the left sucks, because Donald Trump is very happy. But is
0: that a false equivalency? What do you mean? The right sucks. Does and there are parts of the left that suck, but does they it suck do.
1: less? No, they. Well, the left is a little bit. The left seems to be it's a little safer. For the average. Mm. But American, you know, and the right is a little, the right right now is it's anti-immigrant, it's 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 anti-diversity. Like if I have to pick Democrat or Republican, I'm rolling Democrat. But sure, uh, I'm not. But but there's something else. There's something about liberty. Like I want to make sure like Andy Kaufman or crazy people or Lenny Bruce of tomorrow is protected. That's what's important. That Steve Jobs, you know, or some of, you know, the great thinkers of tomorrow, the equivalent, whatever these people are tomorrow, I don't know their names yet, but that a young entrepreneur of tomorrow can be, as crazy as they want to be without hurting other people. Sure. You know, it's not like if I get my heels on and throw on my Los Angeles Peril underwear, right? Take my shirt off and wear a massive like pink uh, uh, pink wig or something that's going to hurt anybody. But yeah, you, you could get arrested in many parts of the United States behaving like that.
0: Could you? For what?
1: I think you can't. But I think he can, oh, this, that. Indecency. He, they'll find some but way. could you look like – Like look- can you run your business today in your underwear? Can someone, can a woman or a man, because women are kind of like a protected class for the moment, right? Can a man just say, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to come to work high every day. I'm working in my underwear. I'm not wearing my shirt. That's it. How long is that going to last? No, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think yeah, you can I do yeah, that yeah, at I all. Barbie. I don't think you could do that at all. I mean, that's a problem. Because why can't because it's infringing it, on, why can't someone run their business the way they want to run their business you understand it's like it's scary because you're not going to have yeah obama gets through because he's calculated he's restrained he, he 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 does he he's very cautious on what he says and how he says it so there's a version of einstein the obama version of einstein gets passed go but the real version of Einstein. You see, Obama is a good example. Of someone who always gets checked the box. He's well behaved. Now, it's not, but not every great thinker is well behaved. Many of them aren't. Many of them are. Many. I'm not saying right. that you have, you know, that you have to have that all great thinkers or have bad behavior. But I don't think behavior is a litmus test, right? You know, for whether you should be able to get past go or not.
0: But you talk about like these things that are important to you, like the fifteen dollars an hour and that you these certain protections, but then it becomes the debate becomes well where's the line, right? So do these protections go towards well, that you shouldn't have to look at your boss in his underwear because it's it's a it's compromising the workspace. You know, does it go that far or is it just stop at the fifteen dollars? No,
1: it's everything's in balance and everything is But a, who
0: decides the balance? We do Well,
1: I I think we have to balance personal freedom and liberty with a efficiency there is a balance but what i don't but there should be no compromise on the first amendment and i believe right now we're experiencing i've been look i've sure. been through the justice system it's there do you think judges care about the court of public opinion today in your opinion yes or no
0: do i think judges care about the court of public opinion they shouldn't but yeah maybe they, they do. do yeah they do more than
1: ever because of the media because they're elected in many cases. Sure. They care about the court of public opinion. So they can't really come out with very unpopular decisions but how that do- maybe society hates. The most hated are supposed to have the protections of the First Amendment. Not the most – not just the liked. Like I've watched you know, judges take the side, right. for example, of – you know they want. They rather take the course of conformity or take the course of politically correctness. Conformity is what the right wants. Politically correctness wants is what the left wants. But both of them are just conformity anyway.
0: But here you are, right, having gone through everything you've gone through, and you've got this. I mean, just to give the listeners an insight, like you've got this massive setup, huge employees. Like your second act looks unbelievable, and you are. You know, no one's stopping you from operating the way you want yeah, to. Yeah,
1: because there are, America still exists and right. liberty still exists. So
0: you made it through.
1: Yeah, yeah, I made it through. But it, but liberty is being confronted. Mm. That's the biggest risk. Border-free, like, oh, borderless, terrible. Of course there should be no borders. Borders in general are a compromise to, to human rights. There should be – if a kid in Jakarta wants to open up a Starbucks in Anaheim, Let's go. That's, you, uh, you know, I never believed in borders. All these people, are. oh, we have to have borders. We have to build a wall. Fuck off. That wouldn't people fight for the Cold War. What hmm. were we telling? What were we telling, you know, w- what were we saying in the Cold War? We're saying liberty for everybody. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down the wall. It's a lie.
0: We do, we have a much more relaxed uh Sort of migration policy than even compared to somewhere like your homeland, right? I mean, by it's that? easier to become a citizen of America than it is Canada.
1: What's your source on that?
0: I mean, we can look at, it. we can the Google United
1: it. States. Google it. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 are we, don't we not? I believe it's easier to become. It is. Uh, who said so?
0: Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. i mean we could look it joe up Rogan is but an i an think authority. i have sources what
1: research is joe rogan in what is his source
0: i mean find here me we are talking five minutes. Five <laughs> we minutes. can look
1: i'm taking you on find me the source
0: okay i will look for that before we're done um uh, you my next, won't
1: find it is my point uh, you have no evidence of that that's but you, you have
0: no evidence it. and it's not i, I I'm it's easier to be citizen a contrarian and
1: American citizen. there's my canadian birth certificate but
0: you didn't I'm have to apply for citizenship to canada
1: I you, you're a naturalized birth. citizen. I, I, I understand. I was born in Canada, but I'm not going to say that it's easier to become. I don't believe that if you're someone in Europe and you want to move to the United States or Canada, that it's easier to. Uh, I think the.
0: It's much harder for Europe to, to become to a citizen. Canada
1: versus the United States?
0: Oh, I don't know what the immigration policy is from. No, I think. Yeah, I think it's much.
1: I think it, Can- Canadian immigration policy right now. Is a, it's a far more open door than it is in the United States. I that's think sp- my, for that's refu- v- think.
0: refugee status, perhaps.
1: From all statuses. All right. It's easier to get into Canada than the United States right now. It is basically impossible to get into the United States. It's either going to happen through an H1, which you have to have specialized knowledge, or it's going to happen off a lottery, which I think they're canceling, hmm. or it's going to happen off, their, off of family reunification. How else, or it's gonna, you're gonna be transferred from a foreign company to a U.S. company, and you you're a management employee in the foreign company. I don't know of any, and I'm an expert in immigration. I've helped naturalize at least a thousand people. Yeah, I don't think it's hard. It's easier to become an American, like that idea that it's easier to become an American than a Canadian. No, I don't believe that to be so. I think that it's very difficult to become either one. I think it's, you know, now if you want to enter the United States illegally or enter Canada illegally, like where could you probably survive in the society? It's probably about equally. You can work under the table in either society. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so if you want to work as a cleaning lady or you want to start a street business you can, or you want to sell, you know, marijuana on the street, you could probably do it in both. You know, you're not going to get deported that easily.
0: Can you. <laughs> Can you look too specific, like when we talk about the Elon, about Elon throwing the chair or...
1: I don't know that for sure. I don't have a source whomever. to the chair, but I think, I think, I like animated I know what behavior. I Something think it's good. Like or like, like, let's When say, I have an employee but let getting animated, right? I like
0: it. Like the tweet, right? That got Which him tweet? in trouble. The, the tweet, twenty tweet? No, the tweet that he was going to possibly take the company private and then he got in, you know, the SEC crushed him for it made him step down as chairman and pay that huge fee
1: 20 million dollar fine yeah yeah i don't know the factual basis uh i don't know what the true facts are i'm not a fact finder no i'm just
0: like i'm just using those examples of those like behaviors by these innovators these missteps And I feel like you have throughout your career been pretty unapologetic in certain respects to saying like, this was what was required. This is part of my story. Like, can you, do you, do you look back at any, any certain specific moments and go, ah, you know what? I stand by it. And yet, fuck, if I had just taken a different route, perhaps I would have made it easier for myself. Like, are there just specific moments?
1: The, the, only, the only thing I could think specifically that I did wrong was trust other people and, at certain points that I shouldn't have trusted.
0: Really, I mean that's and I won't kind of name like. Names,
1: but I could tear some people down.
0: But that's an interesting, that that's an interesting turn no, but of if phrase. You have a,
1: if you have,
0: I was the victim of trusting people too much.
1: Yeah, that's the, probably the biggest biggest misfortune that great entrepreneurs have been faced with. Really, absolutely, that's probably it. Because you you choose your board members, for example, or. You have the right to appoint certain board members. Right. Right. or
0: I interviewed Robert, by the way. Yeah. Just just because I'm fascinated by him. But like, so to that point, right, was that –
1: No, but if you – corporate governance, a lot of entrepreneurs don't think about that. But their directors may not be – may not have the talent. They may be ignorant. They may not have the time. Mm. You know, boards make mistakes and it can kill a company.
0: And you think that's what happened
1: for you? I, I don't want to get into the details of it, but I was, I, was, I was a victim of, I was disenfranchised as a shareholder of American Apparel illegally, and it's black and white. And I then was also um, a victim of securities fraud. When I tried to get the company back, I collaborated with a hedge fund to retake the company, and it, I was double crossed a second time in the space of 30 days because they said, okay, let's go back in. We'll do a hostile takeover of your company. We'll put you back in. And I personally financed it with my own money. Only they took the company, didn't right. let me back in, threw me out of the getaway car, and I was betrayed twice. Now, where what I, I first of all, I was disenfranchised. Both of those acts are illegal, both of those acts are crimes, whether prosecuted prosecutor chooses to prosecute them or not I don't that's that's at their discretion sure they haven't okay but now I shouldn't I should have been more cautious and careful because one thing that I'll tell you is when you have power people will try and take it away from you and they always will and they always have and mostly very highly talented uh, people that uh, are very gifted often don't understand how hostile the world is to them. And that is that is a big risk for anyone that rises in a position of power in our culture. And I'll tell you right now, it's even more dangerous. The culture has been never, the, the culture is extremely predatory right now, especially for high-profile uh, entrepreneurs and high-profile artists, because uh, the media is hostile. Because the media wants to sell, needs clickbait bad. They don't really, they're not that interested in the truth. That's the whole narrative that Donald Trump talks about fake news. Yeah, they'll drive news whether it's true or not as long as it's driving interest. But like, they're they're attention seeking, the media. mm. And and, and by the way, the, 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 the viewer, the reader, wants to consume certain incendiary material, whether it's true or not, anyway. But, like, when when Robert was interviewed on the Startup Podcast, he
0: sort of said something to the effect of, I was very much um, sort of honored that that Dove loved my books so much and and flattered. And I sort of said to him initially when he asked me to be a part of the board, like, listen, I can help you with certain power things, with Mm -hmm. perception. But when it comes to running a company or, you know, the finances and and that end of it, Mm -hmm. like, I'm of no help. So – in that respect, like when you're appointing board members, what are you taking into consideration?
1: Hey, this, is very, this is like a 10-hour like long discussion to talk about how what you consider when you appoint board members. But the but, best defense I can give to Robert but, is that he was led, led as – he didn't have the experience. He trespassed into an area that he shouldn't have. And he was led to a place where he ended up committing securities fraud and there's ne- never that's that's it because I reelected three board members on June 18th 2014 based on a proxy a written statement that was filed with the SEC that stated that I should be both the chairman of American Apparel and the CEO of American Apparel and I relied on that information but do you insulate... Uh, hang on. I relied on that information through June 17th. Sure. The, at midnight, casted my vote on the 18th at 11 a.m., elected, re-elected three board members who collaborated with two others, five on a board, a board of nine seats. So five, only one with one flipped, it would be changed. And I elected three and had a blocking position to elect those three board members because I own stock. Ownership, property rights is critical in capitalist culture. And I was disenfranchised as I was tricked illegally into voting for those three people because I could have I could have appointed my mother, my mother's sister, and my mother's brother onto that board mm. instead of these three people, which I believe one of them included Robert. Now I reelected those three people on a false pretense So I was disenfranchised as a shareholder. I'm a victim. I I don't care what bad acts they think I committed. They shouldn't have said they love me, that they support me in the information circular. Then it would have been, well, who's right and who's wrong in corporate America today? Who's right, who's wrong? Depends on the shareholder decides. The ownership decides. I was ownership. He is an elected director. And they tricked me into electing them proceeded then on an on an within an hour to remove me now at that very moment freeze i should have invalidated the election walked into a courtroom in delaware said this was an illegal election why didn't you i mistakenly was misadvised by my lawyers it was it was a state of shock and you know you don't always make the right call When you're in a legal emergency. Would you have, but my my question is. Hang on, you want to hear the story, I'll tell you. Sure. So then a hedge fund contacted me that knew me well within 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever it was. And they said, hey, we can just buy more stock. You already have so much stock in American Apparel. Why don't we just buy a little more? We'll give you a loan on the stock you have. And then we'll just plow in there, enlarge the board. And take over, throw them out or enlarge the board so much we can, you know, we'll take the five guys. We'll, the board is a board of nine. There's five. We'll make it a board of 15. Sure. So I said, that sounds like a swell idea. If I can get back in there in a few days, sure. And guess what? We got control of the company in a few days. And I financed it. I financed it. I was the money. And then from there, the hedge fund took over the company. So what happened was I trusted people. I trusted someone to help me rescue my company by way of a hostile takeover that I paid for. My money. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, so I say, you got to be careful with your position of power because you can't be tricked. Why would a hedge fund insert itself into this situation? Tell me, in writing, that the goal was to get me back in only to take control because they sought control because they really wanted to control the asset over them for themselves, you know? So that's what happened to me, Sue. So what I say, well, what have I done this different, done that different? I don't care what bad acts. If there was a bad act, if there was a bad act that led up to my removal, for example, what was that? I mean, I I disagree that there was, but that's subjective, right? One guy says he behaves well. One guy says he behaves not well. But there is in the law, in federal law, California law and Delaware law, a duty to be truthful, the truth on information that you provide to shareholders in the United States of America. And Robert Green and other shareholders were untruthful with shareholders in a public company, the shareholders of a public company, including myself, on the New York Stock Exchange. And that blemishes on him forever. And I don't care what the media, and do most journalists understand the narrative I just told you? No. Do I care? No. Do I know I'm right? I absolutely do. I get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, if I can't afford today to fight it out or whatever, yeah. So, I've now moved on. But my question is- Your question is, were there little things you could have done better along the way? Well, that's obvious. I don't cry over little things. I built a company- I sold billions of dollars of clothes. But This company was making money. In spite of what you might read on Google, when you say Google, I want to laugh, or Wikipedia. Well, we're not talking you about you Fox News. God, okay. Fox schmucks. Fox is no it's just authority. just a search literacy. engine, Dove. But Google's, real informa- Google's just Real a- <laughs> information is not always what you find on the World Wide Web. All right. Okay, so what this company was generating in the year that it was ousted – 45 million it was predicted to and it did our guidance was 40 to 45 million dollars of earnings before interest tax depreciation and amortization and we achieved that even though i was ousted like if i could build a company again or if most people in the united states could build a company in their lifetime that generates 40 something million or more of earnings per year that's such a high accomplishment. You know, right. in 2014 dollars because, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened. But who really suffered? Workers, the community, the economy, 10,000 jobs were lost and the company was profitable but on when, an EBITDA basis. My
0: question yeah. is with when it comes to Robert, like you hear it. Kara Swisher was interviewing someone ta- talking about sort of the board of Facebook and all the shit that Facebook's faced over the last year and Sandberg and Zuckerberg and she talks about the chair people there like a Mark Andreessen or a Peter Thiel and she goes they're never gonna fucking tell Mark Zuckerberg anything because he's made them obscenely rich. But let's suppose that one day in a year from now, Mark Zuckerberg gets in a lot of trouble. And all of a sudden, Andreessen and Teal aren't there. And he's like, but what happened? And
1: Mark Zuckerberg was smarter than Dove Charney. He's got the right representatives and he's made sure, yeah, if I was just a little wealthier and had a little bit better little bit better advisors the day that I got in a short hair with, 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 with my board, The the line between me owning American Apparel right now and it being a multi-billion dollar company and not was a few decisions that were made over a few short minutes.
0: But was it the mistake of putting them in that position in the first place?
1: Whatever. First of all, you got to assume board members are not going to act like criminals. But you can't really right because you got to be really careful
0: but can not you insulate yourself by bringing on people that have experiences being
1: board members of massive hopefully a companies? No, of companies because they could be conventional thinkers what if i will tell you i'll tell you like as smart as, as 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 robert green might be maybe he was led astray i mean he wasn't the ringleader of, of my ousting there was somebody else there was, they wanted to sell the company from underneath me and i have written evidence to the effect mm. somebody wanted to sell the company the cfo and I didn't, that's for sure. I I found a letter, I found a memo. They wanted to sell it from underneath me and they had strategized: says remove the CEO, hire an interim replacement and sell the company. Four months before, before the, before the proxy statement with the information saying that I was God's gift to the earth, you know, and that I should be the CEO and both the chairman and so forth, before the election, sure. before all that, there was, the money was evil because a lot of times the financial forces don't want... Volatility that involves Elon Musk, that involves Dave Charney, right. that involves the 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 founder of, of 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 Uber and all that. They don't want it around, right? Because it's not predictable. But do you think? Can I ask you this? And
0: this is me not Googling, but talking just from like a humanistic standpoint. I think the desire for some of our leaders, be it at the highest political office or CEOs of a company or what right. have you, are the ability in which to like give a true mea culpa in certain situations, right? To, to say, listen, I've built this great thing. I'm incredibly talented. Yes, like I could have done X, Y, Z better or like in the moment to really own up and it feels like
1: it just doesn't happen in this world anymore. Do you feel like- That was a things? Things One could say they did wrong, but you don't run over somebody and say, well, you sure you, you really needed to be on the edge of the sidewalk or maybe you shouldn't have been walking on the street, but if someone accelerated towards you and hit you, you know what I mean? Like, you're asking, you know, should Jews apologize for the Holocaust? No, I'm not. Well, come on. It's the same thing. Like no, it's in, not. Th- in many cases, it is.
0: No, if that's they not what I'm saying. If they were a victim saying. of
1: something illegal. No. You're asking somebody who was a victim of I'm asking. I, listen,
0: if, let me, like, <laughs> I'm not saying the that at all. Okay, the,
1: no, but it's like it, if the intrinsic value. If I was robbed, if I was a victim of securities fraud. Okay. like I can't start walking around. Apollo, I was a victim of security. It's like, I should have my money. I should be wealthy. Maybe that's it. I was all of my wealth was stolen from me. Hmm. So I'm not about there to have this. I, I have no money. I don't even have ten thousand dollars, really? The hedge fund got a judgment against me for thirty million because I borrowed money against my stock in order to, to grand I get more stock, so I could take a take take over retake over the company. And correct the harm that was done by the first proxy fraud on June 14th. By July 15th, I was purportedly back in control. Only the hedge fund hijacked that control from underneath me. All in the space of 21 days. Now, if when I took over the company that day, you know, now uh, I, I was double-crossed twice in a very short time. The, the hedge fund took advantage of the chaos to advance their own interests. Now... My point is, I'm not about to. I lost everything, and then they sued me for thirty million dollars. Right? They happened? sued me. For, they won because I saw I had a borrowing agreement in order to buy more stock to take over the company, and somehow yes. they slipped into the control seat. They betrayed me. Okay. Now, being broke, judgment against me for thirty million dollars. No money. Living in a factory. Having basically lost all my assets. I have no value. You understand? I have no way of making any money unless I go bankrupt basically or win a judgment against American Apparel or Robert Green or the board or whatever, all these people or the hedge fund. Like I have plaintiff litigation but I don't have a lot of money to finance that litigation. Right. Like I've already paid my price and now the only thing I have left is my freedom to start a new business. And that's what I'm doing. I got to focus on the new company. The new company is owned by a trust that's Controlled by my family. There's nothing illegal about it. Mm. Is that the trust? So it's property. financed by your by your family? No, it's ish? not. Ish, but no, there was outside investors. But the formation of the company was I uh, did not involve me putting any money into it. A very small amount of money was put into it. Right, a couple hundred thousand dollars by family members in order to catalyze the beginning. But then we raised money from from other parties. You know, the yeah. company in itself sold. Convertible notes, et cetera, et cetera raised money borrowed money. by the way the workers Themselves lent money to the company
0: and are these some people that you work with in America only mostly
1: only. 99% of the workers from American apparel
0: and how did you how did you reach back out to them? You just had no them... and they
1: they were with me the whole time. They they watched me lose control of the company, right and thanks to a deceitful board that betrayed the stakeholders of American Apparel, including the stockholders and the workers, basically from that point on, the company collapsed. They removed the Elon Musk of the company, and it collapsed, like went straight to a zero right away. It, was, didn't, take, it didn't take years. It happened in months. Then they went chapter 11, blamed it all on me, got a new fresh lease, new money, started again. It collapsed a second time months later. So you had a double bankruptcy. How was that for you?
0: Were you? Was there a small part of you that was pleased watching it fucking crash for the second time? You know, you? That,
1: that 10 cents of happiness is lost by $50 of sorrow. I built a world-class company that was paying fair wages and that was profitable and providing people with clothes that are made in a sustainable environment, like the, the manner in which the clothes are made. Right. So how much hooray can you want have? For me, it's a loss for the community. The business would have lasted forever. Not forever, but like Levi has been around for 200 years. It's part of the culture. It was completely destroyed. So now I'm here. I'm not bitter because I can't make money and I can't grow and I, I'm, I have to be positive.
0: You can't? Like I can't, today. No, I
1: can't if I can't grow and be positive and be great if I'm focused on, you know, the past. And then you get these journalists such as yourself asking, what did you do? Like, look, I got cream, man. No, I, you I know, hear not I mean, I don't think anybody know. You don't know, really. I didn't, you didn't understand. It's not in the internet. It's hard to find the story. I look at the garments I made that I didn't like. I look at all the little things that I did that I would do differently. And I'm trying to make, build this company totally to be stronger and better. But for no. me to sit there with a violin and start looking at the little things that I did wrong, it's nauseating to me, <laughs> you know?
0: No, I, I, I hear you. And the only my only sort of line of questioning has to do with, like, so much of what you've done is virtuous, Dove, And it, it's no bullshit. Like, I, I so see your passion and what you've done for other people. And you've put people first your entire career. And, like, at, to your point, you've had this massive sort of thing that was, like – supporting and put people first. And if, if in the face of that, like for instance, like if in the face of all that people had just said like, and the only other thing you can't do is eat almonds anymore. Right? <laughs> Let's just say, And you're like, what do you mean I can't eat almonds? I like almonds. What the fuck? Like it's not illegal to eat almonds. I enjoy almonds. Right. They're like, you just can't eat almonds. Don't ask. You can't fucking eat almonds. Would you just have not eaten the almonds? Would you have just been like,
1: all right not if eating the almonds though was (laughs) was was core to my humanity you know no i don't believe it's right like i don't believe just because elon musk wants to smoke some pot on a show Mm. that he just can't function or go forward you know the truth is there is this overwhelming majority of people that like honesty and integrity and appreciate people's humanity and I think smoking pot on the show only strengthened people's affection for Elon Musk. I think so, too. Right. So, you know, the invisible hand is giving me a second chance right now. Yeah. Not the, not the media, the people. You know, like, people want to see, you know, I think there is a lot of support and a lot, a lot of support in what I'm doing right now. I think there was a lot of support in the past. Don't forget, they spent millions... I mean, they had a big staff on that board. They just didn't have Robert Green, who's brilliant, and I respect him. Yeah. Okay. They had uh, Alan Mayer, who's one of the most well-known PR guys in the world. And he was, he was on my board, and they carefully utilized Citric and company. And they spent millions of dollars on PR, but still I'm able to rise because the public, and that's why Donald Trump is a phenomenon because the 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 mainstream media really fought, really really tried to use every device they had to take him down for whatever reason they might not even realize what they're doing but i remember i'll never forget and this is why people this they're making a martyr the mainstream media is making a martyr out of Donald Trump interesting because you know, when it said 90% sure Hillary's going to get in and then that needle went to 10%, they're like stupid. Mm. The New York Times isn't trustworthy because the New York Times, most media has been pulled, is, is like kind of suffered. It's, got, it's, it's kind of gotten more partisan. CNN was never this partisan. Like when you listen to, uh, to uh, Lemon What's his first name Don again? Lemon. Don Lemon. Whew. That guy's on a mission all night. And what do you think yeah. that's a result of? That's 24-hour that news polarized, media. We're in a polarized culture. It's dangerous. Or, it's predatory.
0: Or is it just the almighty dollar, right? Is that before there was 24-hour the news.
1: Who knows what it is? They need sensationalism. All it's all these things, but it's not a healthy environment for creative thinking, yes. alternative ideas. OK, one. Oh, eat the almonds out the door. You're dead. You know, it's just too it's it's the Even this interview is risky for me. Like, if I really think about it, I'm in litigation. They'll use bits and pieces. Sure. A friend of mine said the worst thing you could do is a documentary. You'll probably end up in jail. <laughs> <laughs> just, not because you're guilty of anything. Not because you're guilty of anything, because it gives Uh, It's a vehicle, one thing, or how it's interpreted, or how it's seen. And then the judges, it's not like the judges are going to protect you. And can you even get in front of a jury? Because you could lose on motions for summary judgment, or the jury could be boxed out of the facts. Like, it's a scary time to be an artist or an alternative thinker in America today. Like, did they try to gun down Donald Trump? he said this on the bus or he, he did this or he did that or he had some, you know, we don't even know what the hell, they went after him so hard. Mm. They made a martyr out of him practically, you know what I mean? Um, now, the, his fan base, they're going to get out and vote. Right. Like, they, that Mueller report, it exonerated him on, on the central issue of collusion with the Russians. It's like, anybody that has any love for Donald Trump is going to get out of bed and make sure they vote. There's going to be voter turnout. It's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for any opponent. So
0: I, <laughs> I don't mean to get away from this, but I, I do want to ask you because I am fascinated. Like we have our mutual friend, Ryan Holiday. And my question is to your point and, and what you did such a good job of is early on bringing people like Ryan, who when he started working for you, he was 23? Twenty-two, yeah. like you took a shot bringing you know these really smart young people and putting them at pretty I mean executive level positions. That's correct. And someone like Ryan, who's gone on to write eight books and sort of be like, for better or for less, a sort of preeminent voice in in his world. What did you What did you see? What did you see I'm in young able, people I like look that? At the I,
1: I don't always think. I'm just gonna grab some water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna tell you in a second Gotcha. First of all, all the institutional norms of how we evaluate people, we look at their resume, where their educational credential is. Yeah, if someone went to Harvard versus they didn't finish high school, I'd probably have a better shot with the person that went to Harvard. But it could be the person that didn't finish high school is actually a better employer. Employee. Why? Because I could see, like, hey, I didn't go – I wasn't interested in school – I went on, I've done my own thing, but I'm a really good, I, I have certain talent, I'm a programmer, I know, how to, I know how to use the camera, you know, you have some kid from Harvard, but he doesn't really know how to do anything, except take a test, you know, or it's like there's certain, like, what we have learned to consider important, I can size up people meet people i can almost take anything give me a thousand people we go give me a thousand random people i can take six eight hundred of them and hire them and they can help me build the business because i don't even look for what i'm looking for i'm looking first when i meet the person what can they offer what can i get out of them what is what is their secret strength what is their dream what are they passionate about What light do they follow and get that out of it? So often I just meet people, like if I had a lot more money, I just keep hiring. I'd be interviewing and hiring. It's a creative, like I'm an impressionist painter as far as setting up the team. This is not what institutional, financial, you know, financial, like, were certain institutional forces frightening me? Yeah, this hedge fund, by the way, that. Took over the – initially, they actually maybe even wanted to help me take over the company. Or maybe they say well, we'll give them the impression we're helping them, but we won't give them as much. Eventually, though, they got so frightened by some of the notions, you know, of how ha- – oh, my God. Like when they realized how culturally important this company was, potentially, and I'm just speculating, they might have come and said, you know what, we, be- we, be- we better manage it ourselves. Who is it? Marcos, out of here. Do you need anything else? I don't. I'm okay, Marcos. Like, I met that guy on on, on Instagram. Really? Yeah, he's, he's he pretty committed. He reached out to you? Yeah, he said, I really want to work for you. Boom, he's here. And like, if someone really wants to work for you, that's, that's a signal that, not necessarily good because it could just be a groupie or whatever, but I'm just saying there's certain, there's, you know, you could find something in someone that other people don't see. Other people, like, I ran, the way I ran my stores, the way I run retail, it was so different, radically different than what the institutional norms were. And who fucking cares? That doesn't. Institutional norms are not necessarily right. That's a fallacy. Mm. Fallacy. You know where I learned something in high school? There was a. There was a, an old friar. I don't know. He's, he was a. He was the the Christian religious spiritual leader at a prep school. And you know, I'm just a Jewish boy, but he ended up being my favorite teacher, you know, because he's a good Christian, I guess, mm. and he understands any good Christian, any Jew, any good person of any faith knows that teaching all people of all faiths is important. And he certainly understood that. We took a class called ethics, and then we studied fallacies. And so, you know, like when I said, what's your source, like whether it was easier— to enter Canada or the United States, I know you you heard it, but you know you we probably don't have the, There's no we don't have the science and the research behind that.
0: You know what I'm saying? And how much do does anyone have behind that well, in everything the, you they could
1: do? You could do a study and check, or we could really research it and check. The problem right. is the facts are getting blurry, and it was because opinions are opinions are moving far more rapidly over the internet than you know research facts and science. Sure. Okay, so
0: but it's hard in this setting in a conversation i mean we're only taking what we've accrued what i'm saying our- is
1: not always not everything always is the way it seems and you ask me like it's scary like instant like what's considered true and you know what's considered the right way and the wrong way entrepreneurs that challenge society like i remember when they came out with the iphone they did an interview, of the two owners, the, the, the two guys controlling BlackBerry at a hockey rink somewhere in Canada. I said, Do you remember this one? They said, Are You worried about the iPhone? <sighs> they said, He crazy? It doesn't even have a keyboard. Because conventional wisdom was keyboards better. Right. A lot of people felt like that, but they had some inside knowledge. They had some, they were placing a bet. Then no one's gonna give a shit about a keyboard. That <laughs> they're gonna prefer not having the keyboard, because muscle memory will take, will take shape. You understand? And people will just prefer to have no keyboard after a while. And they were right. That's that's what keeps America alive, you know. Or the, and America's really a metaphor for something much larger, because manifest destiny. If we understand what America really was for, it was that. The flag of liberty will fly everywhere on this earth, beyond the borders of America. You understand? That's truly what we're here for: was that life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness, would bring happiness to all people. You saw. Yeah. So, like, what I'm trying to, what I, where am I going with this? Where were we? Because I'm getting lost in my journey of bullshit. But um, <laughs>
0: are you, you still addicted to Nescafe? Yes. Are you?
1: Yeah, it's always you, good to have a little caffeine. You
0: needed to get by?
1: Yeah, I needed. But what I was trying to say is that alternative thinking is so important in mm. our society. That's what keeps Americans' can-do spirit. It's that immigrants come here and challenge the aristocracy. Mm. You understand? Immigrants are not only great workers like mopping a floor. They're also great entrepreneurs. I'm an immigrant. I came here by choice. I didn't want to stay at home and live with my mummy and maybe try and garner up some little inheritance, you know. I, I came to the U.S., you know, got figured out how to get my green card, figured out how to get U.S. citizenship, you know, on my own. Built a business, mm. pursued something. I'm an immigrant employer. You know, immigrants employ more Americans than Americans employ immigrants. And if you ask me my source, I'll try to find it for you. Okay.
0: Do you So now with this new company, mm-hmm. what's your – and you have to appoint a board. What's that board look like?
1: Well, right now I'm not it's, – it's my father, me, and my CFO.
0: And would it stay that way?
1: I think, you know, really, my opinion, I want a very closely held board. I want to control my business, and that's it. I'm looking for control over it like if i could go back in time i wouldn't have been well about appointing all these strangers i'm keeping control that's what and that's and that's what and that's what mark zuckerberg did and that's what the boys at google did and that's what elon musk did and that's what 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 um, jeff bezos has done they made sure they kept control cuz you can't trust the pedestrians. He can't trust the judges. He can't trust the electorate. He can't trust the board. He can't trust the shareholders when you're an alternative thinker. When you think outside of the box in the fifth and sixth dimension. You understand? So you want all power. You it's not about power. It's it's because I want to share power all the time. I love to share power. And it's important. To share power. But the forces of convention will try to crush something that appears to be risky. Like, no one believed in Amazon. Come on. It was forever. Is it ever going to turn a profit? Is it ever going to turn a profit? Who's the richest man in the world? Yeah. Okay.
0: At the height of American Apparel, you would walk into a store and check stitching on an item, or start sweeping up the floors. Details are
1: everything. It's like remember on a movie Casino when he wants the right number of blueberries in every muffin? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 how that's how come uh, here you got what kind of fries are these? In and out. You like your fries? It's detail, man. They chop them up at the store, like all that stuff. Like the perfect T-shirt. Yes. That's why offshoring, may, you know, it's really tough because they send it. Or like remember when he says. Remember when in the movie on, 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 um, on, on um, Steve Jobs, like the fonts, who went crazy about fonts? Of course, fonts were important. It was a new idea, but no one ever... WYSIWYG, do you know what WYSIWYG is? No. You're too young to know. What you see is what you get on the screen versus the printer. They came up with these ideas. Who invented the spreadsheet? Who invented Excel? Excel was on the Mac first. The Mac was an outlier. But sometimes the outliers... Take over convention. That's what I like. Yeah. Is when the alternative quashes the aristocracy. So That's the idea of yes. competition, but financial forces don't want that to happen. Boards are frightened that they just need to cover their own ass. They don't give a fuck about telling him what's right or wrong. They just want to protect the stock price.
0: You've made it very clear, Doug. Okay. I, I have a quick <laughs> question about when all this, you know, going through everything and finally, you know, for better or for worse, the dust had settled. How long? Did you have a recovery period? Did you take 6 months off to look at everything? Did you lick your wounds at all or did you go right back to work?
1: First, I ran around in a circle trying to buy back American Apparel. I offered them 550 million dollars prior to the bankruptcy. They said no. Illegally, they didn't they didn't execute their their duties to see if I had a real good offer based on what the alternative was. They were in a shaky financial position because they had removed me and the company was starting to nosedive. I was doing great until I was removed. I know they don't want to admit it, but the numbers would show that. If you really, really examine them properly with a forensic, you don't need a forensic account with someone that understands business, okay? Now, I offer them $550 million, then it crashes, goes bankrupt. I offer them three hundred and change. They say no. Out of you're saying you don't want to take my money? You're going to take the company yourself? They ended up selling it for $88 million brand only and stripped the company of all its jobs and resources and, and assets. They just sold the bread. So I was right. They were wrong. So oh shit, when I saw I couldn't buy it back, I quickly pivoted, got a couple of sewing machines like on How credit. quickly? Like the Hours. next day? Hours. Yeah. Because it's one little problem in life. You only can live to 100. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you only have so many weeks, so much time. So there's no. You life. only get
0: 50 weeks a year. So there is no.
1: Not even a week. Not no, even- and it's like, um, it. it's traumatized me to a large degree, but I have no choice. The only freedom I'm gonna have is to get back my petition, uh, you know, where the company was. They, they, they fucked it up. They cheated me. Now, it would have been great. Let's supposing they. Stole the company from me, right? Okay. And it just went through to the moon, like multi-billion dollar valuation. That didn't happen. And let's say the hedge fund, well, they tricked him. They didn't let the colonel back into the KFC. But man, they, 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 they really got. Yeah, the spice's the, worked. The spice's worked and they took it to 10 billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken the, the second coup cuz there was basically two coups in one in a number of weeks, they didn't get it done. So, and I never thought for sure they're going to crash. Like I so said, maybe they will maybe work better without me there. I don't, I don't know. But it didn't. It failed without me. So, that was nature saying, you're right, they're wrong. You understand? Cuz it should have worked better without me there. If I was, if I was such a mauvaise influence, well, how come they crashed it so quickly? It wasn't like it crashed over a few years. It like within ten weeks, it was like it was like the, the max seven three seven.
0: Okay, you know. But do you immediately find Los Angeles Apparel? Like, do you does it start? Like, do you find the name and you start it the next day? In, in yeah. you know, in Silver Lake, in your house.
1: Yeah. Just sewing machines, couple workers, sewing machines. Let's go! Yeah, let's go! Let's do it! Fuck and it. people are questioning me. By the way, the entire time at American Apparel, when we went from one million to two million, there were people that didn't believe. Financial organizations didn't want to extend me credit. Couldn't get the banking from two million to four million. The same from four million to eight million. The same from ten to twenty. From twenty to forty. From forty to eighty. From eighty to two hundred. From two hundred to four hundred. Four hundred to six hundred. I've been going on for thirty years with people that have questioned me, only to come back and apologize. Like really, the board that thought they should just oust me out of nowhere—it's not like they were telling me, "Hey, look, we're having some issues with you," or "We've got to do a little investigation here." This doesn't—you know what I mean? Like, but that's contrary to what they said. No, it's not contrary to what they said. They didn't do it. They, there's only but, one thing. Hey, no, no, don't give me. Have I'm just re- telling you from the what prox- they said. The proxy says we support him as CEO and chairman of the board up until the day I was ousted. Right. That's it. That's what they said. But
0: I mean, I listened to the podcast. I, and I don't they- want to
1: hear, but the podcast. Okay. Te- but I'm telling you, not only am I giving you my word, I had no fucking idea. Because nobody would have voted for these people if I was under the impression that there was any chance they didn't want me to be CEO or the chairman of the board. I would have flipped the script on them and not elected them. I had a blocking position, if you can understand what that is. I do. So, of course, they didn't tell me. Because any rational person told that's in a position of control would have fought back unless I had some concept that I'm guilty of something and I really need to go to prison. I'm sorry. Okay. You know, I know I, they didn't. They, they, what I believed was was I, they, they, they tricked me. They made me think that they supported me. But let they me ask gave you me the impression that they supported me. They didn't say we're unhappy with you.
0: So you're on a board, right? Let's say you're on yeah, a board. Yeah. And you've got a CEO who you feel is not doing the right, right things. And you you warn him. You say for however long? Let's just say for a year. You go like, "This isn't working. I'm not sure this is a good idea." Yeah. I know, but you know, you're the you're the brilliant yeah, they innovator. Wait, well, wait. You you warn him, right? Yeah. A, a year goes by. They don't change their behavior. Right. And then this vote comes right. and you're like, we got to get this guy the fuck out of here. But the only way we're not going to get You're, him out of here you is... You didn't if, get the story. I You're, did no, get it. you didn't get the story. You
1: haven't done your research, and you haven't gotten the story. I do get the story. They didn't warn me. because it's, Because you would have blocked them. That's right. Had they said they wanted to get rid of me, I wouldn't have voted for them. I would have got rid of them, probably. So it was either them or me, right? But who decides when you own the bodega... On the corner of Maine and Broadway, right?
0: I don't know, man. I just think
1: business is business.
0: I think business you're expecting biz- them to be like perfect schoolboys that give you like we don't like you, Dove, and we're no, no, ousting no, no, no.
1: you. No, no you're, one you're, knows. You know, Do you think no, Steve no, no, Jobs no, knew? True. When See, they ousted him? They ousted him legally, not illegally. I they know. had controlling position. But let, to let me your explain, point, let me explain. Why isn't that more clear then? No, it's not. Cro- what do you mean clear? Wouldn't that have
0: been the, from the way you're pitching it, yeah. it would be like a sh- a very clear infraction and it wouldn't have gone through, right? You're
1: wrong. Why? You're a choir boy. You're a schoolboy right now. Because <laughs> I am. Yes, you are because you don't get it. That's what happened. They stole the company illegally right then and there.
0: But who decides if it's illegal then?
1: A judge. It hasn't who did been heard it? yet. When will it be? It'll probably take three more years. So you need the money to mount the, the I, case? I, I, it's not even that. It's, it, the case hasn't even been heard yet. That case of proxy fraud, that breach of fiduciary duty, mm. that hasn't been heard yet. That case is still outstanding Why? in Los Angeles because it takes that long. And when your opponents are hedge funds or fund well, very well funded, okay, when they have the very best lawyers that money can buy, when they spend millions of dollars on PR campaigns but also legal campaigns to disenfranchise you and make sure you never get to the finish line, that they do everything in their power to disable your legal position – It can take that long, and that's the risk in America. And your naivete is part of the problem, your personal Mm. naivete, because you're not understanding. You're saying, how could this be? And that's what's going on. There is a disenfranchisement of liberty. The justice system has been crippled. Money is winning. Financial forces are raping America then you have this politically correct crap going on at the same time. You combine that with a polarized media and it's landmine city for any alternative thinking entrepreneur right now. It's extremely dangerous. Right. Okay.
0: But here you are, right. And we're five years from then. It's
1: five minutes ago. My litigation continues. I understand. It's, It's, it's happening while I'm mounting the company. At the same, this new company. At the same time, I'm in the defensive position because the hedge fund actually got a judgment against me. Right, and I'm suing the board and the hedge fund together. Like, if the public really knew what happened, they'd be in, they'd be angry at the justice system. They'd be. Angry,
0: but don't you control money? But doesn't your success control the narrative? So let's say, right, you take Victor
1: these... always writes the narrative. Right. Victor always so that, writes. So that's so I have to work here like a dog, right? And I'm doing it with do you... my staff, remounting and rebuilding a company. But America failed. America failed me and ten thousand
0: workers because it shouldn't be. But you're writing the wrongs with this new company, no? Yeah. So, right. but i have to
1: spend all that energy and all that time re- they cut but is this, I had, you don't understand the no, infrastructure I do understand. that was destroyed that i'm having to rebuild
0: i understand but yeah. what i'm saying is is all of that is it just what what's the outcome of this is it just correcting the narrative if you win this
1: suit no i'm rebuilding a company that's probably one of the most important apparel companies in the world right now because most apparel companies rely on the relentless pursuit of cheap labor in order to advance their financial success Mm. almost without exception
0: last question yeah i ask everyone on the pod this what are your one or two dove charney commandments truths that you have discovered that you would want to impress upon someone else
1: intensity works it's not just about passion it's about being intense intent like just Working on something as intensively as you can until you get what, till you've finished, you know. T- intensity is important. Hey, Hannah, there's two words. I want to think of this for a second. Yeah. Oh, the two themes that I'm trying to live by right now is intensity, I think is very important. And a lot of people think, well, work-life balance. I don't know. Intense, okay? Number two. If you want to be intense about work-life ba- balance, you might not be an entrepreneur, okay? Right. Maybe you could be a good business manager. That's sometimes something else. Then the second thing is conservation is a big theme where you, you know, I we spoke about this earlier. But I think conservation is important because that, you know, to conserve energy, to conserve resources, conserve inventory, be efficient. That's what's key. You know, that's what I believe in. And, uh my impressions of this interview, um, I, d- I don't know, like I'm too close to it, but I don't love it because I'm getting into like this dark area. Sure. And I'm trying to go forward, is the truth.
0: That was it. That was Dove. How about that, huh? Come on. What an interview! Interesting guy. I wish that I had, uh, d- I wish I had handled that slightly differently. But overall, I feel uh, glad that I got the opportunity to talk to him and uh, to hear his perspective on things. Cause he uh, he's just an just such an interesting interesting dude. But I, I appreciate I appreciate it, Dub. Thanks for doing the interview, man. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, great. Well, 4th of July is over, the rest of the summer is upon us, so just enjoy that tan. Enjoy that summer bod, because I know that we're all our best selves from like July to September, and then it all falls apart, so take plenty of pictures now, so we can sort of, you know, remember that we're attractive, because come those winter months, it's all going to fall apart, right? I know I'm not alone there. Okay, bye.